You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. Kind of a weird thing going on in New Zealand that's kind of making the news. They've been doing this for years. I don't understand why now. Maybe maybe it's just time of the year or something. Uh, but people in the in the capital of New Zealand, Wellington, I love that name, Wellington, New Zealand, are playing really loud Celine Dion music in the middle of the night <clears throat> right there in town. It's at ear-splitting levels, and nobody likes to hear that. I don't care, but especially at 2 in the morning, right? You would think that would just, like, be shut down right now. <laughs> it's a part of what is known as siren battles. <laughs> and they've been doing it, as I said, for years. They involve rival groups competing to blast the most powerful and clear sounds from loudspeakers attached to vehicles, cars, and bicycles. They're trying to win the title of Siren King. Yes. <laughs> it just, I don't know if I can go on after that. And the reason, of course, that they play Celine Dion is because of the high-pitched uh, vocal range that she has. Thank you, Celine. <laughs> She's like, oh, I would have never studied if I'd known that was... <laughs> they've, uh, they've got a petition urging the city council to put an end to it. A petition, right? Thankfully, New Zealand, that's a nice place. The uh, petition has garnered about 300 signatures. Man, that's not a lot. I, I would think there's a lot more people there, right? They, uh, they're they trying to find a resolution. I've got an idea right now. I'd get down there and uh, I would offer them treats, offer them candy, man. That'll stop. You know, come on. Got that right. right. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Where do you suppose he came from? Your guess is as good as mine. The Sound of Life. On the most divisive day of the year, October 31st. All right, a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. You're like, no, there's not. It's just (laughs) trick-or-treating. That it is, too. How about trying to love your neighbor? Uh, I was reading a note from Beth, who was doing a radio show some years ago, and they had to call in, you know, about this time of the year, and... Boy, she said, wow, we, it was really just different opinions, you know? Kind of like the Auburn side of the field and the Tennessee side of the field playing football in the last play, and everybody cheers, and it's like, well, somebody was wrong, <laughs> right? But they're looking at the same thing. It's pretty amazing. But somebody said something that changed her thinking on this trick-or-treat <gasps> Halloween night day, Right? And it was my, and and it was it changed the way she thought about it. She said it's my most relationally evangelistic night of the year. This one caller, he said, I get a chance to sit on my driveway and look my neighbors in the eye. I can ooh and ah over their children and go above and beyond. I serve adult snacks when kids come up for candy. It's my hope to leave them a positive impression of a Christian I can build on later. He said, I never looked at October 31st the same way again. You got to ask yourself three questions. What am I offering my neighbors? How can I be curious about my neighborhood? And what am I teaching my children? Right. You're set apart in Jesus. Okay. 
and you'll make quite an impression. Those kids that come up to your house, getting those that candy, you know, friend, their 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 parents getting coffee and cake or whatever it is, snacks, and they will never forget that. You will be the talk of the neighborhood as a Christian. It's pretty amazing. So I put that out there for your perusal. Loving your neighbor on Halloween. That's the title of it. And I posted that article just for you to look at and think. It's right there on the Sound of Life Facebook page. Just for you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. He's really quite a chatterbox. The Sound of Life. On this October 31st, the, I guess, most talked about day on the calendar uh, because of all the history that's all melted into around the 31st, maybe even the 1st of November. But much overlooked, and maybe you know where I'm going with this, most overlooked was a man who was a, a monk back in the 1500s in Germany, desperately wanted to know God, did some strange things to try to get to know God, please God, right? And then he was teaching, from what I understand, right? He was teaching and his students we're learning about Romans, Paul's letter to the church in Rome of all the letters that he read. And of course, all the teaching in Rome is this real salvation road, is it not? Probably know that already, right? Imagine him reading about at a time when the church in Rome were selling indulgences. In other words, the Pope granting forgiveness for a fee. And he read where Paul said, you are saved by grace so that no man can boast. And boy, that got a hold of Martin Luther. And so today it is said that he nailed his ideas or thesis. He had like 95 of these things he wanted to talk about with the church. He nailed them on the church door, Wittenberg, Germany. They say that he probably didn't actually nail them up there, but boy, isn't that dramatic. Martin Luther walking through the village with a hammer and nails in his hands and these theses, right, you know, nailing them up there. So let's just keep it that way. <laughs> okay. And it changed, of course, history, changed church history. And it, I believe it was all part of God's plan there. It was in 1517. Way back on October 31st, that whole thing started. Of course, Martin Luther wanted to reform the church, naturally. That was the church, right? But they started the Lutheran church and the Protestant Reformation. And uh, wow, that was uh, a lot of people didn't like those ideas that he had, but he, he stirred Amen. it up, right? Stirring it up. Amen. Your morning dose of encouragement. The Cup of Joe Morning Show on The Sound of Life. Couldn't resist. This is just an incredible story. When 11-year-old Myron Roll stand before a judge in New Jersey courthouse, he was panicked. He was being charged with beating up a boy who had called him a racial slur, and he was worried that the judge would deport him and his whole family back to the Bahamas, and he had good reason to be worried. The boy he had beaten indeed had to be hospitalized. So the judge took into consideration all the circumstances regarding the fight and decided to put Myron... On, a bo- uh, on probation instead of sending him to the juvenile detention facility. And boy, was that a break. And he needed it, and he decided right there to change his life and begin moving toward his dreams. He wrote both of his dreams in a notebook 
and went about trying to achieve them. His first dream was to play in the NFL. And remarkably, he did just that. After a stellar college career at Florida State, he was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Three years after his NFL dream came to an end. And he was let go from the team and he fell into a funk, if you will, until his mother showed him his grade school notebook where he had written his two dreams. His mother pointed out that his first dream to play in the NFL was now done and that it was time to pursue his second dream to become a neurosurgeon. Wow. Today, he is Dr. Roll. And at 35, he is in the sixth year of his neurosurgery residence at Harvard Medical School in Massachusetts General Hospital. What an amazing journey, isn't it? Dr. Roll's story reminds you and me we can't let a single mistake define us. We learn from it. We move on from it. We move forward. When one dream ends, we pursue another. And my friend, you are never too old. Never. Your morning dose of encouragement. The Cup of Joe Morning Show on The Sound of Life. I'm going to the, I am going to the grocery store later this afternoon. It's kind of a routine thing. And I am getting some plain peanut M&Ms in my wife because uh, she they're, they're for her and she because she, she has a bowl of them and stuff like that and I was joking last night I said we can get those out for trick or treat like one or two M&Ms how bad is that that sounds, that sounds pretty cool to me Stop it. okay I will first chance I get but right now on Cup of Joe Morning Show we got the candy review because all we know it's all about the candy right we can have a parade in town with decorations and stuff, but if we ain't throwing out candy, man, mm-mm. So then you've got the Tootsie Roll. That's the old standby, and that's great if you want tooth decay and none of the flavor. I mean, they are the candy for you, right? Uh, we got Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> uh, moving right along, we have, oh, the Kit Kat. Everybody knows about that, that crunchy, delicious the problem is it promotes communism. I mean, I, well, you got to tear it your share. Anyway, we got Skittles. Of all the paths to a root canal, this is the most colorful. Yes, the <laughs> Skittles. And then we've got the Hershey chocolate bar, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of like the Joe Namath of the candy world. I mean, you understand its historical significance and you get why your grandpa gets all nostalgic talking about it. But there's nothing special about it for those who have grown up with the myriad of indisputably superior options. Hate to be so rough on a candy thing. Milk duds, I love those. Never eat them. I, mean, I haven't eaten them in a hundred years, but they're delicious. Even tastier three days later when they're still clinging to your molars. Then there's the Snickers, which personally I believe has taken over Baby Ruth's. I can't find Baby Ruth's anywhere, but Snickers, three cheers for the chefs at Mars who designed this classic treasure. 300 cheers for the guy in marketing who managed to convince several generations of Americans that eating a Snickers is a sensible hunger management strategy and not, you know, just another way to shove type 2 diabetes down your down your gullet. <clears throat> All right, so we have finally, we have Reese's Pieces coming in, crunchy candy shell, smooth peanut buttery goodness. These little treasures taste like happiness, fun, and sweet, sweet product placement right yes indeedy okay 
And then you have the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups coming in on top. Pure and perfect Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the second greatest thing about, well, you know, trick-or-treating. The first, I don't know, it has to do... (laughs) The first has to do with something about your kids dressing up in costumes or something like that. (laughs) You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.